Springtime. Are you ready for the end of the world? Whoa. Listen to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Wake up! Yeah, good stretch. Good stretch. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit. With Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song, and it's the end of the winter as we know it, and I feel fine. Are you sure? <laughs> don't start anything. <laughs> I don't mean the fine part. Yeah, the end of winter. The end of winter. You know. Well, as far as I'm concerned, winter has ended early. We might still get a few, uh, you know, a few little blips of winter returning, but that's just Southern Illinois for you. Well, didn't we get like 16 snows this winter? Uh, I didn't count them. <laughs> someone should have. I'm yeah. sure someone did. We got several. <laughs> several dozen. So Several thousands. Um, have you heard all this about people being civil disobedient? What's that all yeah, about? Yeah, they're, they're, they're t- actually questioning their government. Yeah, aren't you supposed to just behave and be quiet and like... When they take away your money and your yeah. civil liberties? Yeah, just not ask any questions. Well, that is <laughs> what we're supposed to do, right? Yeah. Apparently, that's not working. Yeah, not everyone has learned that lesson, though. (laughs) You know? In the world! Yeah, in the world, yeah. (laughs) It's like... So, apparently, the rest of the world is getting democracy at the same time we are trying to regain ours. Yeah. It must be in the air. It must be in the economy. Yeah. I mean, people... There's a lot of people without jobs, so people have time now to question. Because when you got a lot of money, you might be like, well, you know... This, this or that isn't all that good, but at least I got a TV, you know. At least I got food, I got a house, I got a TV. I'm fine. Well, and you don't have time. You yeah, know, if you're, you're all busy, yeah. You're working 40, 50 hours a week, and then... That's it? Yeah. <laughs> well, depending on what country you're in. If it, you're in, It matters if you got any of those new jobs or not. Yeah. You know, Do those you have three jobs? If you have those one of those new 200,000 new jobs... Yeah. So you're on your third job, so what is that, like 70 hours a week? <laughs> yeah. You know... Because, I mean, what is it, 25 hours, you're still part-time? So you could have three 25-hour jobs and still be part-time worker. Yeah, yeah 75 okay. hours. <laughs> and we don't have to pay you any... Yeah, any benefits. Benefits over time. Okay. Benefits are for chumps. I should actually start a business. I've got a, I've got a health care plan. It's called the I Ain't Sick Health Care Plan. <laughs> it's like I'm going to go for a walk every day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so... 
Bidding farewell, Tim DeChristopher found guilty, shows power of nonviolence, civil disobedience. Climate activist Tim DeChristopher, who was put on trial in Salt Lake City, Utah this week for his interference with an oil and gas auction held at the end of the Bush administration, on Thursday was found guilty by a juror. Not a juror, a uh, jury. A jury, 12 jurors. Yeah. He faces a sentence of up to 10 years to be determined by a judge. After finding out the jury's decision, DeChristopher spoke to supporters outside the courthouse. Quote, we know now I'll have to go to prison. That's the job I have to do, end quote. In a recent interview, DeChristopher talked about the power of nonviolent civil disobedience and the role it can play in fighting climate change. He compares the need for action in the climate movement to the action taken by the Freedom Riders during the Civil Rights Movement. D. Christopher hopes his sentencing and the act of going to jail for justice, end quote, will give people perspective on our dire situation as far as climate goes. In an interview, he said, Climate change is a war against the people and especially young people. People's lives are being traded for the profit of others. That's a war. And yet it doesn't look that way. It doesn't feel that way to most people. It just looks like businessmen making a profit. It looks like congressmen not doing their jobs very well. So when we make ourselves vulnerable and invite that reaction against ourselves, whether it's a physical reaction or a reaction of the legal system, it starts to reframe that perspective for people. End quote. Now, that's a very intellectual way of looking at it. Basically, it's saying that people now are willing to make a profit on the backs of, well, not people, I guess businessmen. Yeah, business, yeah. Corporations. Yeah, corporations. Both of those aren't people. (laughs) Well, in the legal definition, unfortunately... Corporations have more rights than we do in some ways. They've actually (laughs) figured out a way to become people. Yeah, the apotheosis of the corporation. (laughs) So... Basically, they have declared, a, un, unintentional maybe, but a war against the, the people and the environment. Yeah. Because they are just looking for dollars. And it's, a, a, if you're going for quick bucks, it's always on the backs of something, taking advantage of something. Yeah, somebody who can protect themselves, you know, because somebody who can protect themselves, it's a lot harder to make money that way. But if they can't, it's easy. So... So yeah, it, it, he's he's got an inspiring story there. You know, he he was the guy who uh, they had the oil auctions in 2008 where they were they were auctioning off public lands. It was a very corrupt situation. They 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 actually the Obama administration ruled later that it was illegitimate anyway. But he goes to this oil auction and he's just there to sort of protest. And they ask him, "Do you want a paddle so you can be a bidder?" And he thinks about it and he says, "Yeah, yeah, I do." And he starts bidding on the pieces that are being auctioned off so that they won't be sold to private people who are going to get, you know, oil and minerals off of them. So that that's why he's going to jail for years is because he did that. Okay, because he couldn't come up with the money? Yeah, because he, he was basically, it was fraud because he didn't have that money. And so he's going to jail for b- committing fraud. So if he had just got enough people to give him the money to buy that, he yeah, he would okay. be. Yeah, he would have been okay. And as far as I'm concerned, there's... Uh, there's this legal defense called the necessity defense, which is probably what he was using, where if there's some high crime that's being committed and you commit a lesser crime to stop it, you know, like let's say you see a fire and you have to rescue someone from a fire and you break down a door 
to get to them. Yeah, you, you trespass. Yeah, that, that's trespassing. It's vandalism, but you're saving someone's life. So they're not going to ca- ca- charge you with trespassing. In this case, he, he, he lied about having this money in order to save these public lands from being auctioned off to the highest bidder illegally. Uh, and now he's going to jail. So he just really messed up their auction, though. Yeah, he messed up their auction, so it, it protected the, those public lands. Cause, Did they actually protect them? Uh, yeah, because uh, it brought attention to the issue. It stopped some of them from being sold. The rest of them were called into question by Obama. So, so his what he did was his, effective. Yeah, his action was very effective. One person on a whim deciding to protect the planet, it made a change. Wow! So and that's why he. That's probably why he went to jail. Not necessarily the legal reasons, but because they wanted to make an example of him. They're like, you know, don't don't be this active for the planet. Don't <laughs> or, be. Don't do things on a whim. Think about your yeah, actions. Think about your actions. Yeah. Yeah. You. <laughs> But we don't know. I mean, the judge could, you know, give him a year. Yeah, he, yeah, he has, he has been found guilty, but to my knowledge, he hasn't been sentenced yet. So he could be given the minimum. Well, he could be given the minimum and then, I mean, you know, let off or whatever. But he's been in prison since 2008? Uh, no, he's been a uh, uh, pending trial. He's been out on his own recognizance. Okay. So. so it's possible he won't get much jail time, but it's also possible he'll get 10 years. Right. So It's an inspiring story. And there's all sorts of famous people and organizations that are supporting him for what he did. And here's a quote. Let's hope D. Christopher gets the same treatment as the bankers did who were profiled in the movie Inside Job. <laughs> yeah. Which is nothing. <laughs> yeah, they got off scot-free. I mean, they screwed so many people's lives. And yeah. And they got off completely free. And that's the thing. I mean, if you are high up on the food chain and you screw a lot of people's, you know, with money, apparently you can get away. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's it's a free economy, baby. It's a free economy. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, speaking of the economy, here's another news story: a noble market. <laughs> uh, the Clean Air Act's incredible economic benefits. Uh, times were great in the 1990s real estate market. If you got in right before the market took off and you cashed out just before it crashed, you could have made a 75 percent return on your money. That's pretty good, right? But uh, what if you could make a 2,400% return in one year? Uh, and what if that return was bubble-proof? That'd be pretty exciting. Uh, what's the product that lets you do that? Is there a catch? Yeah, what's the catch? There's no catch. It's the Clean Air Act. <laughs> a new report released uh, this week by the Environmental Protection Agency finds that the benefits of the 1990 amendments to the Clean Air Act exceedingly co- exceed the costs by a ratio of 26 to 1 in 2010. Now, the thing is, is the majority of people who complied by the Clean Air Act didn't spend anything. Yeah. And the few who did, you know, they spent some money. But then the benefits, it's got, the article here has all sorts of charts and graphs and such, but the benefits were 26 to 1. So basically imagine if you put a dollar in a vending machine and it gave out $26 back. And a whiff of oxygen at the yeah. same time. <laughs> yeah, a whiff of oxygen so you could breathe, too. <laughs> I mean, I support the Clean Air Act because I, I like want to breathe. breathe. Yeah. You know, I love breathing, especially now that I'm jogging. You know, breathing is very important. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so there are plenty of people out there, though, who complain, oh, you know, there is so much cost to uh, complying with the Clean Air Act. Well, the benefits are 26 to 1. Uh, in 2010 alone, we gained approximately $1.3 trillion in public health and environmental benefits for a cost of only $50 billion. That's a value worth more than 9% of the GDP for a cost of only about 0.4% of the GDP. 
If only all of the, the government's uh, investments were so, <laughs> uh, so sensible. Well, I mean, that's the thing, is if you can figure out how to base things on the purely economic benefits... Yeah. I mean, the problem is, is a majority of things that are screwing up our environment aren't being taxed for being allowed to screw it up. Yeah, like externalities. That's one of the biggest things we deal with now. Or, you know, so if you pollute, you're allowed to pollute. And pollution, pollution is loss. It's waste. Yeah. And waste is money lost. It's a very simple, you know, calculation. But if you are just allowed to waste, um, and historically we have been allowed to waste because energy has been cheap. Yeah, energy's been cheap. Pollution hadn't been enough yet to... To accumulate so much that it, you noticed it. And energy has been cheap because we subsidize it very heavily. Yeah. Our, you know, we as in our government and our industry. And so, I mean, the the oil industry is now fighting tooth and nail to try to keep their subsidies. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I actually, it cost me $105.14 to fill up my van a couple days ago. And I was actually excited because uh-huh. literally in this last week, I have talked to so many people who are wanting to know about uh, doing electric car. Yeah, because they, they realize now it, gas it just, is just All it went up. up was 50 cents. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I mean, electric car, you could you can buy a kit to convert over a thousand vehicles, current vehicles that are on the road now, mm-hmm. convert them to electric there's kits. Yeah. <laughs> and just a, just a regular conversion kit, and you'll get 75 miles on a charge. Yeah. And it's good you know. to start planning for it now instead of waiting until it suddenly jumps to like $5 a gallon or $6 a gallon. Hey. You, you can get ready now. You, what do you call it? A year ago, what were we saying? It's like, oh, my God, $2.50 a gallon. <laughs> yeah. You know, they just creep it up slowly, slowly. You know, it's it's incremental. Yeah. You know what they do now? They jump it up to t- t- three. It was three dollars a gallon. They jump it up to three fifty for like a week, then they drop it down to two twenty five, and everybody's Phew. it's uh-huh. only two twenty five now. Yeah, <laughs> but it was three dollars, so they snuck it up. They so, did. <laughs> yep. Um, if you would like to f- read this full report about how the environmental technology sector is real and growing, and how the Clean Air Act has actually helped. Our workforce, um, you must get on, well... Uh, the newsletter. Our mailing list. Yes. I, I email out the show, you know, right before, right after every week. If you would like to get on our mailing list, it's info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Hmm. All right. Uh, here's one we can cover quickly. Uh, Net of all trades. Natalie Portman, Oscar winner, Green Darling, and Mad Scientist. <laughs> you didn't say Green Darling with enough uh, wistfulness. Green Darling. W- wistfulness. Uh, right. She is quite a darling. You know, <laughs> actually, Oscar winner. Oh, wait, I'll never get one of those. <laughs> so, Or ever be a Mad Scientist. <laughs> yeah. But Might get a Green Darling someday. <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh, uh, so yeah, she... Uh, she was involved in the Intel Science Talent Search uh, back uh, when she was at Harvard. Uh, she was a semifinalist in that. She uh, went to Harvard. Yeah. So sm- she's she's smart and beautiful and talented. She's that's why they I like the, this jack of all trades 
way they're presenting her here. Oscar winner, Green Darling, Mad Scientist. She really is uh, all of the above and more. They've got, they call her Natpo. Yeah, (laughs) Natpo. Natpo's concern about reusing excess waste actually predates high school. Yeah. As a youngster, she talks about recycling trash and backup dances in the video for Recycle It, a bebopping tune by the World <laughs> Patrol Kids. Yeah, and it's, it's hilarious. Uh, you can find this online, and it's, uh, uh, it, it's funny to see. She, she's a young Natalie Portman. It's funny to see her in this video talking about, Hi, I'm Natalie. Here's, here's info about recycling. <laughs> and then they start dancing you know, to the music. It's, it's great. So... She's actually been doing a documentary about endangered gorillas currently, so that's interesting. And so Portman actually said in her Oscar acceptance speech that motherhood would be her most important role, which I'm sure only because someone had already invented a way to use dog poop to power streetlights. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she would have done that if it hadn't been done for her, but now she gets to focus on motherhood. Now, now I have to read the newsletter to find out how they use dog poop to, read, <laughs> to power streetlights. Yeah. Because that's a link in here. It is a link. That is a real story. I don't have time to read it now, <laughs> but I want to click on that and read that right now. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Love thy labor as thyself. Why environmentalists should care about unions and collective bargaining? Have you noticed in the past few weeks, we've seen the fiercest attacks in recent history on collective bargaining. We've also seen the dramatic responses of people talking to to the Wisconsin State House and the streets to stand together for their rights. Why are some environmentalists among them, and why should all environmentalists join the fight? Yeah, I've... uh I thought it was important to mention this one because it, there's this stereotype that environmentalists and workers are not working together, that it's two separate categories, when really, increasingly more and more, it is uh, two together. Uh, and the article mentions how uh, unionized public workers maintain our parks, ensure the water is clean, protect the air quality, and uh, people who have healthier workplaces and have health- healthier jobs also tend to have more energy left over to uh, work in their communities and protect the environment. Yeah, I mean, if you're paid a living wage, we were talking about that earlier in the show, if you're paid a living wage, you don't have to work extra jobs to be able to just survive. Yeah. You have time. And, I mean, that's part of what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it so that you have to work so hard you don't have time to consider your plight. Yeah. You know, you consider what you need to do to improve yourself to make it so that you can survive. I mean, how many of us actually um, buy our food from the store and instead of growing some food? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you had an extra couple hours a week, you would, you know, grow some food. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard. You can grow a little bit of food and save a lot of money and have healthy, good food. Yeah. But most of us can't afford it, um, you know, we think, because we don't have the time. Um, I'm a lazy gardener. I have the time as in I sow the seeds out and food just comes. Yeah. And, you know, it just like – it doesn't come enough because I eat a lot. But, yeah. you know, it comes <laughs> enough to um, help my pocketbook and more than that, my health. Yeah. And there's uh, – I like this quote too. Uh, in addition to the fact that we share – we all share these interests in good conditions for workers and good conditions for the environment, some of the people attacking both are the same people. Quote, these attacks on workers, the attacks on the EPA's ability to protect our land, water, air, and health, they're all coming from the same place, corporations and their political allies. 
uh, said Michael Brune of the Sierra Club. But yeah, it's these these big corporations that have gained personhood that are controlling the political system. So it's uh, an injury to one is an injury to all, you know. I- even if our individual job is not threatened at the moment, the fact that they're attacking workers and the environment is something we need to talk about, do something about. And there's actually a poll in the New York Times that says 60% of Americans oppose weakening the bargaining rights of public employee unions. So Yeah, I, I don't understand this whole push to weaken bargaining rights. Well, I mean, I do because the corporations want to crush the workers, but <laughs> the, the logic, I mean, people who own businesses are allowed to get together and talk to each other and work together on their plans. Why don't people who work also get to do the same? <laughs> All right, let's summarize it. This is a joke that's been going around the Internet. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. Um... A unionized public employee, a member of the Tea Party, and a corporate CEO sit at the table with a dozen cookies on a plate. The CEO takes 11 of the cookies, looks at the Tea Partier, and says, Watch out for that union guy. He wants a piece of your cookie. (laughs) It's funny because it's true. All right. All right. Let's get to some uh, holidays and happenings. It's already the 63rd day of the year. Yep. That means there's only 300 and two days left in the year. Today happens to be March 4th, <laughs> a Friday. Courageous Followers Day. Yeah, people think about courageous leaders, but uh, you know, if it's just one person, sometimes you don't get a lot done. <laughs> it's huge when that, that second person comes and says, you have a good idea, I'm going to help you with that. I wish we had remembered, knew that, knew that. We'd play that video on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that one? <laughs> Yeah. What is it? The the lessons from a crazy dancing man? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, there's one. He's, he's talking about, in that video, about courageous followers. Yeah. I think you, that might be where the day started. You have to see this video to be able to see what we're talking about. It's not the leader that's the important person. It's the first few crazy followers Yeah. that start a movement. <laughs> so. Yeah. Dancing was a good example of that. You see one person dancing, they might be stuck out there, but once you see the second person go up, and yeah, they all start dancing at that point. So today, again, is Courageous Followers Day. It's also March 4th, Do Something Day. Yes. <laughs> Today's the National Day of Unplugging. What can I unplug today? <laughs> I'm going to have to try to figure that out. Maybe, so far I haven't driven today, so that's a good start there. But you can't really unplug your car unless you have an electric car. And then when you <laughs> unplug it, then that's when you drive it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm confusing my own self. <laughs> Today is National Grammar Day. And Shabbat across America and Canada. And the World Day of Prayer. So I pray that today we get at least 5% of the people to unplug. <laughs> Just relax, unplug, unwind. Yeah, and uh, Saturday is Crispus Attucks Day. We actually have a park here in uh, in Carbondale uh, commemorating Crispus Attucks, who was a American Revolutionary War uh, martyr. He was one of the people uh, killed in the Boston Massacre. I wonder if they're doing a, f- a festival tomorrow, if anybody knows that tomorrow is the day. Yeah. You would think we have a park that we would have an event in that park for this day. <laughs> yeah, well, you can show up on Saturday and see if anything's going on. <laughs> you want to schedule one for next year? That's a good idea. You know, a superhero park 
festival on yeah, Corpus Adam. There might already be one going on. If All there's right. not, though, we could talk talk to people. All right. <laughs> We've um, got his park. <laughs> Sunday is namesake day, the anniversary of the fall of the Alamo, and Independence Day in Ghana. Hmm. I like those independents. Yeah. And uh, we're getting. All, we're gonna. I wonder if all these these countries now that are you know fighting for are they fighting for freedom or democracy or or just they're tired of you know what's happening. <laughs> I T- don't know. Tired of being bullied. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I wonder if they are going to now have Independence Days on our list. Yeah, maybe these new ones. <laughs> yeah, uh, w- is Wisconsin Wisconsin be one Independence of them? Day? <laughs> so. uh, Monday is fun facts about names day. So, uh, a- ask me my name origin on Monday. Uh, National Be Heard Day. It's uh, the uh, let's see. Yeah, the anniversary of the Suez Canal opening, also on Monday. Well, I well, I guess the Suez Canal opening, not the passage. Because mm-hmm. there was a, there was like a, a river there, right? Yeah, th- yeah. There was a body of water there, but the actual canal. Yeah. So Tuesdays is girls right now, and that means <laughs> guys, listen for a second. Write as in write something. <laughs> so I think it means write your girlfriend or your friend who is a girl right now. <laughs> well, gr- girls right now. I think it's like girls being writers is my guess. That too. <laughs> Yeah. So, guys, write to your girl and say, "I like you to write me back." Yeah, I, I like your writing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so, so girls can be engineers. They can be writers. They can be anything. They can. Well, <laughs> Tuesday happens to be International Working Women's Day. Yeah. So, and it's also Organize Your Home Office Day. So that would be good, you know, if you're a woman. But it's also International Pancake Day, and I'm not going to make a sexist thing about work, women working making pancakes. <laughs> well, so, good, because you'd get in trouble for yep. that. But it is Unique Names Day. That's yeah. next Tuesday. So Monday is Fun Facts About Your Name Day. Do you guys know what my name means? <laughs> well, you can find out on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Wednesday is uh, Ash Wednesday... Uh, beginning of Lent, uh, it's the uh, anniversary of the Barbie doll. That's pretty exciting. It's Panic Day. <laughs> well, I don't think that's a coincidence. Because Lent begins? <laughs> no, because uh, Barbie doll. Oh. Making people panic about their gender identity since, I don't know, 1950-something probably. Yeah. <laughs> so. On a more positive note for women, uh, Harriet Tubman Day is coming up on Thursday. Yeah. On another positive note, it's Telephone Day, <laughs> and it's Paper Money Day, and it's Name Tag Day, and it's Mario Day, <laughs> and it's the anniversary of the Jupiter Effect and the Salvation Army in the <laughs> U.S. Is there? I guess the Salvation Army could be in El Salvador, too, right? <laughs> the Salvation Army? Yeah. So on Thursday is also World Kidney Day. All right. Now two happenings. Today is Friday, and every Friday is the International Slow Food Dinner at the Guy House Interface Center. And um, what is today? Today's theme is Lebanese. Ah, Lebanese. Yeah, it's with Ali. It's um, He's from – last time, I think he actually won the award for the most people coming to his dinner last time he cooked. <laughs> See if o- he can break the record. It was over 70 people. So, <laughs> um, all right. 
Yes, so Sunday, Soil Chorus, the Earth Center chant and singing coming up on Sunday at 3 p.m., Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois. On Tuesdays, Questions of Faith and Reality. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. at the Guy House Interfaith Center, Questions of Faith and Reality is an inquiry into spiritual and existential questions of life. <laughs> yes. And uh, We Can Be Heroes, Pop Culture as Modern Mythology. Uh, planning on starting that on Tuesday, March 22nd uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, you can get more info at treesong.org slash courses. It's the, the course I'm going to be teaching about pop culture as modern mythology. <laughs> Should be a fun time. Another course starting this Thursday, March 3rd. Yeah, it started oh, actually yesterday. Started. I haven't heard yet how the first day went, but uh, I'm excited to hear. Living Well with Uncertainty. An integral approach thinking about one's future these days can be somewhat frightening. How can you harness the benefits of uncertainty for the healthiest, wisest, and most compassionate uses? This is a course at the Guy House Interface Center every Thursdays at 7 p.m. Yeah, and if you missed the first one, you can drop in on future sessions. One more happening. In the Bank or Up the Chimney. Coming up on Thursday, March 10th, 7.30, Carbondale Township Meeting Room, 217 East Jackson. Uh, Tim Gibson, Sustainability Coordinator at John A. Logan College, will explode some misconceptions and educate us on prioritizing ways to save money and save energy. Uh, energy vampires, all that good stuff. Got to fight the energy vampires. Yeah, that's a good one. I want to go to that one. Yeah. So, that is... Thursday, 7.30, Carbondale Township, 217 East Main. There you go. Oops. So that has been another exciting, hopefully, informative, hopefully, half hour of your community spirit. We will see you again. <laughs> yes, next week on the radio. <laughs> Ray Cheer on the radio.